Well, welcome again and thank you for being here on today. All entrepreneurs, or if you are thinking about being one, all you got to do is go on our website. All the, all the talks, all of them, all the TED Talks, they're all on our website. Visit 1cc.com forward slash e-summit. And you'll have all the speakers. Then you'll have about 15 incredible resources that we even give to our own team. I promise you. It is gold. Go get it. Use it. If, even if you're a teenager or if you are a young adult trying some stuff, just go, I promise you, our job is to bless you with resources so that you can become the best that God wants you to be. And when you've gone through some stuff, you want to help some people who have not gone through it to avoid it, which is why we're giving you all these resources so you can. It's all free of cost because of the generosity of this church. Will you help me one more time? Thank OCC for being such a great and generous church. Thank you, everybody. All right. All right. It's word time. It's word time. Um, today, I have one overarching thought for you, and it's simply this. Don't stop short of God's promises. God has some promises for you. He wants to bring them to fruition. Your assignment is hashtag don't stop short. Say it with me two times. Don't stop short. We're going to break it down in a minute. Don't stop short. Last time, don't stop short. Two more times. No, don't stop. Let me mix it a little bit. Don't stop short last for real last time <laughs> don't stop <laughs> anyway all right let's pray <laughs> let's pray and then we're going to stand for the word uh and then we're going to read the first four verses in joshua chapter six heavenly father thank you um there's some people that have been running some laps for a while and um and they want to quit they want to give up they're tired they're frustrated they can't take it anymore. Will you remind them that they just got a couple more laps to go? Don't stop short. Will you, will you give us a life-giving word to every household and every soul that's listening, whether now, whether later in the week, or whether a year from now? Will you give us life through your word in Jesus' name? Everybody said Amen. If you're in the house, I haven't done this, doggone it, in six months. So will you stand? We usually do this. It's a tradition. Will you stand if you're in the house? Oh, my gosh, this just feels right. And then we're going to read the first four verses. If you're online and you can, why don't you stand too? And let's read the word of the Lord. If you don't have your phones or your Bibles, just look right beside me and you will see it all. Let's read together Joshua chapter 6, verse number 1, 2, and 3. Here we go. Now, Jacob was tightly, no, Jericho. What am I talking about Jacob? Now, Jericho, everybody, come on, was because of the, no one went out and no one came in. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and valiant warriors. You shall march around the city, all the men of war, circling the city once. You shall do so for six days. Also, seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. Then on the seventh day, 
you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trump. All right, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Again, thanks for being here, everybody. Uh, on today, a couple weeks ago, we, we highlighted the significance of the importance of you digging ditches. Because the more, dig, the more ditches you dug, it means the more God will fill the ditches that you dig. Last week, Jada reminded us that you ought to keep the rope out. She talked about, if you haven't listened to that message, you need to go listen to it. Keep the rope out. If you're, if you're going to have bold faith, even when it looks like um, nothing is happening, nobody is coming to get you, Jada reminded us, you ought to keep the rope out. On today, from the story of Jericho, we're going to remind you that you must not, don't stop short of God's promises. Don't stop short. All right, let me give you the setup of this deal, and then, and then we'll jump in. I don't know about you, but I used to do this very thing for my, with my dad, and my dad used to do it with his dad, and I'm, 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 I'm betting that you used to do this with, with your parents too. See, my, um, every now and again, uh, about once a week this happens, my son or my daughter will come in, and they'll say, hey, dad, hey, mom, and, and they'll say, look at me. Here's what they're really saying. They have found a pair of shoes that's bigger, much, much bigger than their feet. They have put their feet into the shoes, and now they're starting to walk around in it. And they're saying, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I can do it. I know the shoes is bigger than me. I know, I know on the left foot and on the right foot, it's much bigger, but I can, I can handle this. And sometimes they're stumbling. Sometimes they're falling over each leg. Sometimes uh, my daughter, especially, she'll be walking and she'll fall backwards because the shoe is so big for her little bitty feet. Now, ladies and gentlemen, can I remind you of a situation that you find yourself in? Have you ever been in a situation where the situation that you find yourself in and the skills that you have don't match each other and your skills are not ready for the situation that you find yourself in? We have a lot of people today that God wants to take you somewhere, but your skill set and your character can't handle where he's wanting to take you. So he has to do, he has to give you a gift. He has to prepare you for the situation he is taking you into, because if he takes you into it now and you're not ready for it, you're going to be an embarrassment not only to him, but also to yourself and everybody else around you. So Jesus, I mean God, Yahweh, is going to prepare the children of Israel. Let me tell you what happened. They, they went through the 40 years of circling. You remember that? 40 years of going around and around and around. Then they came out of that. Chapter 5, Gilgal. Chapter 6, you have Jericho, and then you're going to go to Ai. Ladies and gentlemen, here's what happened. God says, you're not ready for Jericho yet. 
If I give you Jericho now, it will take you out. So I've got to get you ready before you can get Jericho. There's somebody in here that wants the promise that God has for you so badly, you've been begging him for it. And he's been trying to bless you by preparing you so your feet can have time to grow, so you can grow into the situation that he wants you to be in. But there are too many of y'all that are fussing and cussing while God is trying to prepare you for where he's taking you. And what I want you to learn today, sometimes you need to stop talking and start praising God because he is blessing you by not giving you that thing you begging him every day for, that thing you fussing about. Well, why is not mine? Everybody else got it. Where is mine? God said, I'm trying to prepare you so that you don't lose it after you get it. Because somebody in here know it's much easier to obtain something than this to maintain something. Anybody can get it, but can you keep it? That becomes the problem. Don't get me started today. I'm trying to go easy this morning, but here we go. I have seven things to say to you. Last two weeks ago, I had 11. Last week, Jada had eight. Today, I have seven. We're going in the right direction. Praise the Lord, somebody. We're going shorter, hopefully. We'll see how we get, all right? Here we go. So what I, what I need you to realize today is that God realizes what's up. He is saying, here is where you are. You're right here. He's saying, I'm trying to get you to the promise. Listen, everybody. But to get to that promise, you got to go through a process. And the process includes problems that are too big for you. And pain that you're not going to like. I want you to put up a little chart right here. It, it's a, this is where you are. You're trying to get to the promise that he has for you. The dream that you know he has given you in your heart. But everybody think you can just go from, here's where I am. Let me get to the promise. That's not the way God works. He wants it to be clear that nobody got you there but him. Amen. It, 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 the, the evidence ought to be overwhelming. That the only, you have no business getting this promise apart from God. In light of that, he's going to take you through a process. And please, I'm going to articulate that process to you. And you need to write it down. (laughs) All right, and you need to write that down. So, here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, this is where you are. This is where the promise is. And there's a process, but to get to the process, you have to go through a problem that's bigger than where you are right now. And you have to go through pain. That's it. So let me start by giving you these seven. Here's what he says to us today. Woo! He says, there's seven things I want you to realize about the, the, the Jerichos in your life. Whenever you have a Jericho, there's seven things you must be absolutely convinced of, and you must have bold faith about knowing how God works and why he does what he does. Number one. Number one, the first thing you need to know, this is so important for every human being that's listening to me. This is so very important. I could shout this one from the mountaintop. Number one, when you don't get what you should have gotten when you were a boy, it is so much more painful to go back as a man and try to fix a boy problem. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to read it one more time. Because some of you were focused on filling a blank, so you missed the point. Let me read it one more time. When you don't get, when you don't get what you should have gotten when you were a boy, it is so much more painful to have to go back as a man and try to fix a boy problem. 
Ladies, I'm not leaving you out. I'm just saying, when you grow up, if you don't fix the problem in your first season, you're bringing those problems and the new set of problems into the second season. There are four seasons of a human being. If you don't fix it in the second season, and you fool around and you don't fix it, then you're taking the first set of problems, the second set of problems, and you're adding them to the third season. Listen to me, please. Which is why, if you're young today, if you're a, if you're a teenager or a college student today, you want to fix your discipline issue now, so you don't have to deal with it later. You want to fix your how you handle money now so you don't have to deal with it later you want to keep your stuff in your pants now and follow God now before you have to deal with it later don't wait until the third season of your life to deal with the drama that you should have dealt with in the first season of your life I'm preaching to somebody today I'm preaching to some people today that did not fix their first season nor their second. And now they have to go back to school in their third season because they fooled around in their first season. You got a witness in here. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. You put your head down and you go to school and you study as hard as you can right now. And you learn the gifts right now. Don't let greed take you out in your third season because you didn't know contentment in your first Ladies and gentlemen, I've seen and you've seen too many people in their third season get tripped up by their boy and girl issues that they should have fixed in their first season. For some of you, the best thing you can do is go get a daddy because we have too many people that have daddy problems and you don't want to go get help for it. God cannot give you the blessing because if he gives it to you, it's going to... Okay, okay, okay. God, give me some people that I'm preaching better than you responding. I really am. I'm preaching better than you responding. Okay, you're not feeling me. So uh, you know me. I'm going to get every prop I can get to help you today. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Some of you are not listening. So I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you today. I'm going to help you today. Listen, give me, give me, give me, give me. Be careful when your persona, who you want people to believe you are, gets bigger than your person. Because as your persona grows, your persona will kill the person. The more accolades you get when you get the promise, the more trophies you get, the more, the more people tell you how great you are, the more it will kill your inner person because you're not ready to handle all the accolades. Am I preaching to anybody in here today? This is a very dangerous thing. If your character can't handle your competence, it's just a matter of time. Before you lose everything you have. If because you didn't work on your, on your, on, on, on your contentment in when you were 15. When you're 45. You will steal to satisfy the lust of greed. Be careful. Make sure that as, as you grow your Instagram status. Preach pastor. As you grow that. You're growing your character too when nobody is looking. Be careful when you're growing your, your Facebook following and you get more and more and more and you're loving it. Oh, give me more, give me more, give me more. And you get more and more and more. Be careful 
that your time with God is not given the equal priority so that you're spending more and more time with him as people see you more and more on their screens. Can I get a witness, somebody? I'm trying to help somebody. I need to stay here a little bit because somebody seems to think that they can hide by this one. You can't. It's only a matter of time. It takes years, years to build a reputation. It takes one stupid decision to shatter it. It takes years for you to look this good and people to respect you. And they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. I like her. I think they're so good. And it takes one stupid decision. And they've canceled you. Be careful that your external appearance doesn't kill you because you spent an inordinate amount of time building that without building your heart. Am I talking to anybody in here? Am I talking to anybody online? If I'm talking to you online, I want you to say, preach, pastor. I can hear it. Just say, preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Preach, pastor. Preach. Tell it, pastor. You're speaking to me, pastor. Don't be talking about somebody else. You're speaking to me right now because I can tell you the one thing that if I'm not careful, it's just a matter of time before the whole facade comes down. Oh, my God. Okay, you, you still don't believe me. Hey, Samson. Come here, Samson. You look good on the outside, the strongest man in the world on the outside. One girl, Samson, took you out. Come here, David. You got it all. You got all the trappings, David. You got king. Everybody's loading it over you. You don't even have to go to battle anymore, David. Well, that's all. You got it all, David. One decision. Come here, AK. You got it. God says, don't touch nothing. Don't be greedy. Hey, don't be greedy. And all of a sudden, you go in there, and, and you just couldn't. You, because you didn't solve your boy issues, you just couldn't keep your hands away from it. Pastor, where's that in the text? Where's that in the text, Pastor? Where's that? Show me in the text, Pastor, chapter 5. Chapter 5. You know what the word Gilgal means? It means a circle, a circle of stones. The children of Israel come out. Uh, their daddies should have circumcised them on the eighth day. They should have been circumcised already. The daddies, while they were whining and grumbling and complaining against God, didn't circumcise their kids. So now they're going into the promised land. And God says circumcision is important. Why? Because, because circumcision says you are yielding yourself to Yahweh and to the Ten Commandments. And we're going to follow it. And we're living by the Ten Commandments. And so that's what circumcision was all about. None of them were circumcised. So Joshua had to say, hey man, let's get some stones and let's carve this thing out. And Joshua had to go circumcise these men. So now you have Joshua taking the place of what a daddy should have done. And because they didn't, Joshua now has to do it. But now it's one thing to get circumcised when you're a baby. whole nother level when you're a grown man. So now you have 600 men, ladies and gentlemen, marching around the wall. Why do you think they had to march six days? You know why they had to march? Because they had just, chapter 5, gotten circumcised. So if they went into battle when they've gotten circumcised, hello somebody, they're going to get their tails whipped. So God had to give them six days. This is what they look like marching around. This is what they look like. Ooh. 
This day one, this day one, this day one. Ooh. Can you imagine 600,000? Ooh, Lord. Ooh, God. Ooh, God. Are we going to make it today, God? Ooh, God. Do we have to do this, God? Day two, they got a little better. God, it's still hurting a little bit, God, but I'm going to make it. You're looking like you're 95 years old. Hey, God, we're going to make it. We're going to make it, God. Day three, they have a little more stuff. By the time day six and day seven come, now they, they, they're getting healed a little better. God had to give them those six days for healing to take place. Listen, God always has a plan, even with your pain. Even with your pain, God says, I'm going to give some time to get healed. So that you can close and put a siege around the city. So nothing comes in, nothing goes out. But in the midst of your pain, you're going to know, you didn't do this. I had a plan. You got circumcised. You put me first. In light of that, by the time day seven come, you're going to be healed. So now when I tell you shout, you can shout. And you can walk in freely. Because I know there's still some pain there. Number one simply says, here's what it says. When you don't get what you should have gotten when you were a boy, it is so much more painful to go back as a man and try to fix a boy problem. Let's move on. Number two. There's somebody in here that's going to get it on your way home. Number two says this. Watch this now. Number two says, God always has a purpose and a pattern to his provision. He always. He has a purpose and he has a pattern to his provision. He has a pattern. Everybody say pattern. 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 Two more times. Everybody say pattern. If you're online, say pattern. pattern. Say there's a pattern. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. He always has one. Let me help you out. You see, the Bible goes to a lot of detail to tell you what they should do, who should do it, and how they should do it. A lot of detail. Pick it up. Let's pick it up. Run about verse number four. Also, seven priests. Why seven? Verse 3, circling the city once, you shall do so for six days. Why six days? And the seven priests shall carry seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark. Why? And then on the seventh day, why? You shall march around the city seven times. Why? Verse number five, uh, uh, it shall be that when they make a long blast, why not a short blast? Why long blast with the ram's horn? Why, why, why? Everything in the Bible matters. Everything in the text matters. Six days. See, the number six is the number of man. The number seven is the number of completion. And the number eight is the number of new beginnings. Six. That's the number of man. Seven. That's the number of completion. Eight. That's the number of new beginnings. Uh, Genesis 1. Genesis 1. God created on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then he rested on the seventh day. He rested. He rested. He rested. Listen, listen. Come here, come here. Listen. He, he, he worked for, for six days. And on day seven, he rested. There's a pattern. To look at your neighbor. Tell him. There's a pattern. Shout it out on the chat. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. There's a pattern. God is not one of confusion. He knows exactly what he's doing. And because numbers have meaning, God's putting meaning to it. See, your heavenly father worked. God created, created uh, the sun, created the moon, created the earth, created everything in it on all seven days. And then on the, on the for six days, on the seventh day, he rested. Watch the pattern. Go to your notes now. Go to your notes. Watch the pattern. 
the pattern says number A refers to labor. You work for six days. B refers, refers to reflection. Now I get to reflect on how good God has been for all the past six days. Now, once I reflect, it's going to lead me to praising him. So I got to put a praise on it because I'm so grateful that he has given me the first six days. But praise also inaugurates the expectation and anticipation of the next six days. So I'm going to praise him looking forward to new beginnings. Here we go now. Could it be that maybe you're asking God, where is my new beginning but you haven't started praising him yet. Could it be that maybe you're still complaining about the first six days, which means you're not yet ready for number seven or number eight because you're still complaining, and until the spirit of complaining gets out of you, then you will never get to completion nor new beginnings. Maybe you're complaining on your job too much and you're talking about what they're not doing and what they should be doing and you're talking too much and because you are, you're still in the six days. Because you have not yet decided that God, if you have a pattern, I'm going to walk in your pattern and I'm going to trust you in your pattern and I'm going to keep walking and keep praying in this pattern knowing that you've got completion coming. That's why they had to walk six times. Because God says, in the, first six, in the first six days, you just proving what you can do. You're trying to get around these walls. That's all about you. But on the seventh day, when you walk seven times, now you're beginning to realize that you better praise God because he sustained you them first six. Now when you're walking six times on that seventh day, he, now you're realizing how good he has been to you. And then when, listen, and then when they blow the shofar and they blow the long note, you're now, here's what it means. It, signi it signifies the sovereignty of God and your dependence upon him. So what they're saying is, God, we got circumcised, which means we're putting you front and center in first place. Then, God, we're going to blow the shofar to let you know that this is all about you. We didn't do this on our own. It's all about your glory. It's all about your goodness. It's all about your greatness. And everybody will know this is not about me and what I can do. This is about the God I serve. I'm here to display the greatness of my God, not the, not the prowess that I have. And some of us still are trying to show off the greatness of yourself. That's why you're not into completion yet. Because God's trying to get that out of you so you can see you're displaying the greatness of your God. Not your little talent. Not your little goodness. Not your little money. He's trying to show you that there's something much greater than you that he's all about. My God, my God, my God. He's saying, come on, man. Everything in the text is important to what he's trying to do. He's trying to rid you of yourself so you can display the glory of the God you say you serve. My God. Let's move on, y'all. Let's move on. That's number two. It's all right. It's all right. Let's go. Let's go. Number, number three. Here's what number three says. Number three says this. There's always a problem standing between God's promise and your possession of it. There is always a problem. In this text, there are two problems. You only see one, but there's a second problem I'm going to talk about in a little while. There's always a problem. There's always a Jericho standing between the promise that you know God says is yours 
and you possessing it. You say, Pastor, where in the text is that? Go to verse number one. Go to verse number one. Verse number one says, now Jericho was tightly shut because of the sons of Israel. Now, no, 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 don't run past that. Every word in the Bible is important. Jericho is tightly shut. Nobody can get in. Nobody can get out. Why? Because they heard of what, the, what God did to Pharaoh. And so everybody was nervous about Yahweh God doing that to them. So they built a wall. And they thought the mightier the wall, the more that God can get to us. This wall was so big you could ride chariots around the top of the wall. So here's what they were convinced of. Oh yeah, we good now. Nobody can come in here now. I don't care who their God is. He can't get in here. The text says it was shut down. Nobody could come in. Nobody could go out. Next verse. Here's what the next verse says. Verse number two. The Lord said to Joshua, see. What do you mean see God? I don't see. I see walls. I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and the valiant warriors. Whoa, 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 whoa. What happens when you know what God said, but what you see is different than what God says? I know what he says. He says, I got Jericho. But all I can see is bricks and mortar. What the heck is going on? Where is my blessing, God? That's where some of you find yourself today. God, you say it's all mine, but I don't see the money yet. God, you said the marriage is going to work, but I don't see it working yet. You say I'm going to finish college, but I don't see the college money yet to finish it. God, you said my grandkids are going to be okay, but they don't look like they're okay right now. God, you said I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to deliver me from this mental health issue, but I don't see it yet, God. Where is the dream? That's where Joshua was. That's where the men of Israel was. They went and they said, God, I don't see it. I don't see it. There's a big problem looming here, God. What do I do? You see, it's not that you can't get in. It's that the enemy knows he can't keep you out. They know they can't keep you out because they know who the God of, of Yahweh is and the God of the children of Israel. So just as much as you're scared of the wall, just as much as you're fearful and you want to see it go, they scared inside too. So what you worried about when you got God on your side? Why are you still looking with your head down when you got Yahweh on your side? Don't you know what he has done? Don't you know his exploits? And you're still walking around with your head down? Oh, no, I'm just trying to make it. I'm just trying to make it. What you mean you're just trying to make it? Your God has called you to this. He has already given it to you. And your assignment is to not stop short. That's it. Keep walking. Keep marching. I don't see none yet, God. I don't see none yet. Keep walking. Keep praying. Keep marching. Because God says, if you just don't quit. See, what we need is the ministry of presence. The ministry of presence. You see, if you want... God to show up, you better be by the wall. You see, here's the problem. You're saying, God, can you show up? And God says, if you want me to show up, then you better be where you're supposed to be. The problem is we got some people over here doing their own thing, talking about God, will you show up on the wall? God said, if I show up on the wall, you ain't there. You can't even get what I want to give you if I, if, I, if I delivered you right now. Because you're so busy doing everything else instead of the one thing I've asked you to do. Watch this, watch this, don't miss it. Don't miss this. It is a lack of faith 
for you not to be by the wall and praying that the wall tears down. See, you got to be by the wall. You got to be by the wall, praying by the wall, asking God to deliver this wall into your hands. The challenge with some of us is we wanted, we want to, we've gotten so good at multitasking, we want to do 10 different things and hopefully it will distract me while I wait. And God says, no, I want you by the wall. This is the one I told you is your promise. I want you to stay in the wall. I want you to pray on the wall. This is what you need. When God shows up, you need to be found kneeling and saying, God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do because I know you're going to come through for me. I'm just waiting. I am staying resolute. I'm staying focused. I'm not moving to the right nor to the left. You told me to go here, and I'm going to stay here till this wall comes down. We got too many people trying to do everything else except stay. It's called the ministry of presence. God says, keep praying. That means you have your prayer closet and you go in there every day and you keep praying. Ain't nothing changing. That's not the question. Can you be faithful in the ministry of presence? Too many of us are trying to get distracted by everything else. Let's go to number four, y'all. Number four says this. You can't lead people into something they don't have a vision for. <laughs> you can't lead nobody if you don't have no, if you don't have a vision for it. And if you haven't let the people see where we're going. You ever thought about this? Joshua went into the land of Canaan before. He was one of the two OGs. He was one of the original spies. He went in there before. Then why does he have to send two more people in there? Why does he have to send the spies into Rahab's house to check it out? Because Joshua knew something that every leader knows. You got to be able to see the vision, but you got to make sure your people see it so that they can sell it with you. Because Listen, 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 listen. No, 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 don't clap yet. Because you must make sure that the vision is bigger than you so they don't have to go through you to get to the vision. They must have their own vested interest in getting to that vision and it can't just be about you. We got too many people with small visions that only care about you and you only want it to be about you. So they, well, you got to come back to me. You want to know something? You got to come back to me. You got to come back to me. God don't need you and you're going to be a footnote in history. God needs the vision he gave you because that will continue to go long after you're gone. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what, um, be careful, by the way, be careful that you don't ignore small people. Because some of you want to be so big, you only want to talk to the top echelon. And I'm here today to tell you, if the children of Israel, the two spies, didn't go to somebody, Rahab, Somebody who they thought, well, she really can't do nothing. She don't have no influence. She don't know nobody. She don't have no hookup. See, some of you, when you go on an interview, you don't even want to talk to the security guard nor the front office attendant. But you need to know something right here. It is that front office attendant that got the ear of the CEO. And when she walks in there and said, you know what? Out of everybody else, this person treated me with so much dignity. That's the divider between two skilled people and one that affirms dignity to everybody and one that does not. I am preaching better than you're receiving this right now, somebody. Lord, have mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to make sure they got a vision. I, 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 went, to, I went to Nigeria uh, uh, last year, and uh, I was blown away. I really was. I was blown away. You know why I was blown away? 
Because remember, I tell you that my mentors have been challenging me about what I, what I see. What do you see? What's the vision? Where are you going? I'm like, I don't know. Where y'all going? They tell me. Where y'all, what y'all doing? So I went to Nigeria. And you know, what, you know one of the first things I saw in Nigeria? I saw a 30,000 person choir loft. Did you hear me? They took me to a church. And they took me first, not to the church, but to where the choir practices. You know how many seats were in there? 30,000. I'm like, we serve the same God. What's wrong with y'all? So then they took me into the auditorium. No, this is not, nothing I'm saying is an exaggeration. 600,000 seats. As far as you could see, there were seats. This little kid come from Jamaica. The largest he ever seen is about 50 chairs. 100 chairs, maybe maybe 400 chairs. You got to imagine, they got 600,000. Let, let me show you how bad it was. It was so bad that the Nigerian government got a call from the Chinese government asking, what are y'all doing down there in this location? Because we're getting so much order of steel that they must be building an army. Y'all know what y'all do? Are y'all trying to create something? What's going on? The Nigerian army, Nigerian government said, no, it's a church. I said, a what? A church. Church. You know all that happened to me? The vision was expanded. Because you don't even realize it, but you're limited based on what you know. So you got to get around some people who know more than you know, who can see further than you can see. So, because the problem with most of us is our visions are too small. So the stuff God's giving you, listen to me please, the stuff God's giving you, he's giving it to you, but you are limited based on who you know and what you can see. And God is saying, I didn't give you nothing small to accomplish. If you can do it by yourself, you're, you're, you're treating me like a common man. He's giving you stuff that you can't see how this going to happen, which is why you need God to expand your vision so you're thinking bigger than you've ever gotten before. But if you only read and see and hang out with people where you're the smartest person in the room, then everything you do it's going to be small. And everything you do is going, you can accomplish. You don't even need God. You can do it by yourself. You must ask God for stuff that if he don't come through, you need, need 10,000 people to come through to be able to put off what God's calling you to pull off. We think too small. Look at your neighbor and say, don't think small, don't think small, don't think small. Don't think small. Dream big, dream big. On the chat, dream big, dream big, dream big, dream big, dream big, dream big. But you've got to get excited about the vision. You've got to. But here's why you've got to get excited. Because if you're not excited, when the pain comes, you're going to give up. If you're not excited about the vision, when the, when the drama comes, you're going to give up. Okay, okay, okay. Last one, then I move on. Um, in my office, I have something that says, um, um, if you want to reach people, 
that have never been reached, then you got to do things that have never been done. If you want to reach people that have never been reached, you have to do things that have never been done. It's, in my, it's right on my wall. My chair's right here. It's right there. That's the only thing in, in writing on the wall. If you, wanted, if you want to reach people that have never been reached, say it with me. You have to do things that have never been done. Last time. If you want to reach people that have never been reached, you got to do things that have never been done. So you know what happens when somebody comes in the office and just dumb, I can't stand this person on staff. I hate this person on staff. I think y'all don't love Jesus. I think I, can't, I don't like none of y'all. And, and my whole spirit, my whole countenance gets down. And they leave and they say, serve you all right. And then they walk out. And I'm like, oh, God, God do, do I need to continue? And then he just says, look on the wall. And I read. If you want to reach people. Well, that's why we're here, huh? To reach people far from okay, what no what remind reposition me, repofocus me, God. If you want to reach people that have never been reached, you gotta do things that have never been done. I know they came in here to frustrate you, but if you remember what I called you to do, do things that will reach people that have never been reached, then you will say goodbye to that person and you will say thanks for the reminder, God, and you will go focus on what he's called you to do. When the vision is clear, family, I'm telling you, haters. Can keep hating. We're moving towards a vision with all the haters in the world. Can I get a witness? If you've ever had a hater, come on, say, come on through here, God. Come on, somebody. Woo! All right, all right, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We still got a far away. We got three more. Here we go. Here we go. Your victory isn't always visible. Your victory, the Jericho story will tell you, isn't always visible. Now, the difference between me and the children of Israel, is I want to see a brick come out. I want to see some mortar at least shaken out. I'm walking around this the first day, the second day. I need to see something. Can you do something, God? Shake something, do something. You mean to tell me I'm walking for six days and ain't nothing moving? Can you, can you, can you do an earthquake? So I know, okay, we're in the right, oh yeah, okay, we're doing this thing. Okay, I see the earthquake. Y'all don't know what y'all getting. Y'all finna get it. You see that little tremor? That's just, it's a bigger one's coming. But something coming. But nothing. What? Now, day six. All right. Here we go again. God, you better do something today. Or else I'm quitting. I'm quitting. If you don't do something, maybe I didn't hear from you. Maybe it was something else. I'm done. I'm quitting. I can't do this no more. God, you got to show me something. To which God says, no, I don't. That's what faith is all about. I don't have to show you nothing. But here's what you need to know. Just because you don't see me moving, oh, I'm always working it out. I'm always working something out. I'm always working something out. Now, now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I don't know about you, but I'd be frustrated too. I got one more thing I'd be frustrated about with God. Um, The victory isn't always visible. What? Okay, 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 okay. This is my concern. Um, got up the first morning. It's the first morning of the march. The first morning. Got up. Okay, family, we're eating breakfast. Uh, we cook up some breakfast and we're good. And kids, y'all all right? Okay, you go to school. Daddy is going to war today. We're going to war. All right? So I'll see you when I come home. But daddy, you might not make it. Oh, my God. Okay, let me hug you tight, but I'm going to fight my best. And I think I'm going to make it because God's going to go for me. I'm going to go. And I go to war. Oh, oh, oh. They, uh, Jada packed a, a little lunch for me, too. So I got my lunch. I go to war. I go to war, first day, first day. 
I'm marching around the first day. I'm walking around. I eat my little peanut butter sandwich. I feel good. I'm walking around. And then I come home. Dinner time. My son says, hey, Dad. Ooh. Did you, did you get them? Did, did you get one of them spears? And did you throw it in somebody? Did you tell me about it, Dad? Because I want to be. Let me show. I want to demonstrate what I want to do when I'm like when I get your age. So did you just did you start back here and then did you throw the spear? Tell me what was it like? We walked around the wall. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. You didn't kill nobody. Nobody died. You just walked around. After all that, all that packing, all that gear, all that armor, all that, you got your little sack lunch, you didn't do nothing. Yep, you just walked around. Okay, let's fast forward to day five. The same story, day five. All right, um, thanks, sweetie. Okay, bye. Dad, hey, dad, I know you're going to get somebody today. They fool with the wrong dad because you're going to get them today, dad. I said, so you better believe it. I'm going to get them. I'm get All right. Ain't no, the rocks stay in place. All the bricks is in the same block. Yep. They still taunting me because they have the military might. They up there taunting me. Yeah, y'all ain't nothing. Look at y'all. Y'all can't do nothing. We got it on you. I, I took my little peanut butter sandwich out again. I'm eating. I'm like, God, oh, Lord, what am I going to tell my son when I get home this time, God? He going to ask me again what I'm going to tell him. So I go home. Here's the dinner table discussion this time. Hey, Dad. For sure you killed somebody today, right? You're a military warrior. You, you took somebody out today. No, son. What you did? We, um, we walked. The same thing you did for the last five days? You walked again? Before, that's what you did. That I don't want to be a warrior no more. I'm going to be a chef. I'm done. I am not. If that's all y'all doing as warriors, I don't want none of it. I'm changing careers. I'm going to be like, Mom, I'm going to cook. I'm going to cook for a living. Who need a chef, somebody? Because if them warriors been walking around walls and talking about they fighting somebody, they ain't fighting nobody. I'm going to be simply a chef. By the way, uh, no, nothing against chefs. Okay. <laughs> Forgive me. You're incredible people. Thanks for your delicious, all of that. Okay. So don't send me any emails. It's an incredible occupation. Glory to God. Okay. I forgot. <laughs> Every day you go home, you have to explain that to your wife and your kids. Every day. You look like a fool. Every day. Yep. You're in the will of God. Center in the will of God. Because on the seventh day, because you didn't give up. Oh, you're walking, all right. And then he says, on this day, I want you to walk seven times around it. I want you to walk around it, and I want you to say, God, you are the God who delivers me. I want you. I know I haven't seen a rock move. I haven't seen any of this cement come out. I haven't seen no, nothing fall down, no earthquake, but, and I've done it for six days, and you have allowed me to heal. But, God, I'm going to still press on because, God, I will not Give up. God, I will not stop short. God, I am going to keep going. God, I will not stop short. God, I will not stop short. Say it with me, family. I will stop short. Two more times. I will 
stop. Last time I will stop. You better believe it. Don't stop. Just because you don't see nothing happening does not believe God's not working. He's working it out. Don't ever forget it, fam. He really, really is working out. All right, let's see if we can end it uh, with number six and seven. Here we go. Your problem is not just the wall, though. <laughs> your problem is not just the wall in your way. You got another problem that you have to deal with. Because you learned a bad habit from your mommy and daddy. Do you remember when they were cycling in the, um, in the wilderness? You remember what happened in the wilderness when they were around, 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 around? Remember? You know what happened to them? They grumbled and they complained. Every word is important in the text. Every word. So they grumbled and complained. God, you brought us out here to kill us. We're going back to Egypt because it's better for us to be under somebody that treats us like a slave than to be under you and starve out here. We're going back. I can't stand you, Moses. I can't stand a bone in your body, nor the God that you serve. I don't like none of y'all. So God says, okay, I want you to march around this wall. But this time when you're going around, I'm going to redeem circles. This time when you're going around, you can't open your mouth. Because you need to practice the ministry of silence. Don't say a word. You get to walk around. They're teasing you on the top. And they're calling you names. And you can't say nothing. Don't open your mouth. Just walk in obedience. That's the problem. Some of you, you at work and they're talking bad about you. He said, okay, I can talk bad about you too. Well, let me tell you about you. He said, I just have And you can go off. I know you can. You can go off on all of them. You can tell them from the top of their head to the sole of feet, everything that's wrong. God says, don't open your mouth. You, you think it's time for you to get the promotion? You can work harder than them. You can provide all the evidence why you should get it over this person. Don't open your mouth. Practice the ministry of silence. God is at work. Your job is to not quit. That's all he wants you to do. He wants you to walk around. He wants you to keep your mouth shut. And he wants you to not stop short. Not stop short. Please don't, family. Don't stop short. Here's why. Because the moment you stop, blessing was right around the corner. But pastor, I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. Then I want you to, then I want you to put your hands on your knees and keep walking. Pastor, you just don't get it. I'm so worn out. I'm tired. They talk bad about me every day. They say, I'm not going to make it. But if you're still walking, you're that much closer to God's blessing. So your job is to not quit. Keep your mouth shut and watch what God will do because he's working it all the way out. Even when you don't think that he's working. He's working it out. But then you get to your knees and he says, keep going, keep going. But I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm crying. And he says, keep it. Don't stop short. Somebody say it with me. Don't stop short. Somebody in here is about to stop. When I came by to tell you, don't stop short. You're fighting for your family. Don't stop short. You're fighting for your parents. Don't stop short. You're fighting for your purity. Don't stop short. You're fighting to finish school. Don't stop short. You're fighting in a job where they don't like you. Don't stop short. Your, your, your deliverance, your promise is just around the corner. The more you put a praise on the messed up situation that you're in, the more God's going to provide you your deliverance. Last one and then I'm done.
Last one says this. Wanting the promise isn't enough. It's going to take patience. It's going to take perseverance. And it's going to take intentionality. I know it's painful. I know the pain is there. I know you can't take it anymore. Don't stop short. I know you don't feel good. Don't stop short. I know you're displeased. Don't stop short. You're about to give birth to something beautiful. But don't stop short. He's working your muscles of patience, of intentionality, and of perseverance. And you only have one job. Keep moving your feet. Keep praying. He's saying, Pastor, I prayed enough. Not, not, not enough yet. Somebody always asks this question. Okay, Pastor, when do I know that it's time to stop? When you keep praying, and until God says, the walls are now coming down. Your assignment is to keep your eyes on Jesus and to keep your focus to keep walking. Do not stop short. You're doing much better than the scoreboard says you're doing. Don't stop short. You're doing much, 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 much better than everybody is giving you credit for. Don't stop short. I don't have enough money. It's not there yet. There's a donor coming bless you beyond what 50 people could give you. Don't stop short. Heavenly Father, hear your people. We're here, God. Some of us are tired. Some of us are ready to throw in the towel. We're ready to give up. God, will you, will you give them a reminder? Will you, will you shake the imaginary bell when runners are running this mile race at the last lap, they shake the bell to let everybody know that they're almost there. They're almost there. Give it everything you got. It's the last lap. Will you, will you, will you encourage your people? Will you encourage them? God, just give them a, just an imaginary bell to say, keep going, keep going, keep going. I got your back. I know you've cried over this a hundred times. I know you've weeped over this. I know you've curled up in the bed over this. But I'm telling you, Today's the last day you're going to cry over it because you're not going to stop short. You're going to pray as long as you need to pray. You're going to walk as long as you need to walk. You're going to run as long as you need to run. You're going to crawl as long as you need to crawl. You're going to do whatever it takes because God's given you a promise. And even though what God said and what you see is not the same, God says, I got your back. That's why you need both faith. Trust me. You're going to give me the glory. Put a praise on it. Put a praise on it and expect completion and then new beginnings. I pray for that in every household represented. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, give God a round of applause, family. Come on. Woo! Woo! If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm just telling you, man, there is no greater conversation we would love to have than to talk to you about Jesus Christ and what he's done and how he's changed our life. If you're here today and you're looking for a church home, oh my goodness, we would consider it an honor for you to be a part of our church and for you to join our digital membership class, which is the first week in November. If you're here today and you want to get baptized and you want to take a decision that you made personally and go public with it, 
then in two weeks we're going to do a baptism. It's going to be a glorious day when all our campuses come together and we do this great baptism. If you want to be a part of that and you want to say, God, I'm going public with my faith. I want the world to know. Then all you've got to do is online. Just look. Put your phone over that QR code and you can sign up for it. If you any other decision you want to make, we have a little card that says, take your next step. You can take whatever is the best next step for you. Would love for you to do that. If you want prayer, somebody to pray for you, then in the chat we have a number of uh, pastor chat and pastors on the chat that would love to pray for you personally. So if you want that, just feel free to do it. If you're in the house, then you want prayer, and we're going to have some of our ministers come up and stand right here, and you're going to be able to pray with them, social distance, and pray with them. Or anything you have, any concern you have, any dream you have that you want them to pray with you to keep going and not stop short, then they'll be here to do so. And so Pastor Ron come on up here. Prayer team, come on up here. And not yet, but in a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to come down if you're here. If you're online, you do the very same thing. And our pastors in the chat will tell you and will connect with you and will minister to you. And then lastly, if you're a first-time guest, you ain't never been to this church before, oh my goodness, we're grateful that you decided to hang out with us. We got a bunch of believers here that love Jesus and would love to walk with you and support you. We're a family here. We want to make sure that nobody, not one person, walks alone. It's our commitment that we're going to do life together and we're going to walk together. So if, you, if you're looking for a church home, we consider it an honor. But even if you're not there yet, and we just want to meet you. So if you're online, make sure, please don't just, okay, I'm out. Make sure you connect with somebody and just fill out that card. And if you're here, don't just go out. I want to meet you. Pastor Ron from our Dallas campus wants to meet you. Pastor Matt from our Prosper campus wants to meet you. They all do. And they all are going to come up here now. Where's Pastor Ron? Come right here. Where's Pastor Matt? Come on up. Um, and I want all of them to be here so that you can meet them personally. Thank you again so much for being here. We're going to split it now. The digital are going to go to the app time with Pastor G and Jen. Why don't you guys take it away? And then we'll talk to the physical campus here. Take it away, fellas.